Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. We have a guest speaker today that I'm very excited to have here. Uh, the Vineyard has always been a church planning movement, and so we've sent many churches out as part of from this church. And last year, we sent out uh, J.T. Meyer, and so he's going to kind of come and give us an update and talk a little bit about that. And so please join me in welcoming up J.T. Man, it is good to be with you guys. Oh, thanks. Hey, you know what? Um, it's strange. Like, when I left, we were in like, we weren't meeting in person, and so I never got a chance to stand in front of you all and just say, I love you all, and uh, how much you guys have meant to me. And um, man, I love this church. I love this church, and I, and I miss this church. Um, you guys have just been, and still are, uh, such uh, important people in me and my wife, Lara, and my daughter, Olive's, in our life, uh, and you continue to be. And so we, we covet your prayers. We, we are so thankful when we receive emails or anything, or a little, even a note in the mail. It just means so much to us. Um, but I see some new faces that I, that I don't recognize, and I see a lot of familiar faces. But if you are newer to the church, uh, my name is JT Meyer. Um, I worked at this church from 2012 until 2020 last summer, where me and my wife moved to Cleveland Heights to plant a brand new vineyard church called Cleveland City Vineyard. Um, and... A lot of people have asked, uh, why, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you leave such a wonderful church? Why would you leave a church that you love so much uh, to go do something crazy in the middle of a pandemic, no less? Which I don't recommend planting a, a church during a pandemic, but so if anyone else is thinking about it. But people have asked, like, how did that happen? And I never really got a chance to sit and, and talk with most of you guys, but, but here's the, the, the quick version of the story. You know, about 10 years ago, actually 10 years ago and about a month and a half, uh, my wife and I got married. And we were staying in a cabin in the woods, and about uh, halfway through the honeymoon, uh, we were like, you know what, we should go visit a city. So we talked about, should we go to New York or Chicago or... We talked about different cities, and you're like, you know what? We're only like an hour and a half away from Cleveland. Uh, we're mostly going to be in the hotel anyways, but we should just go to, to Cleveland and check it out. And so we went to, we, went, we drove up to Cleveland, and, and honestly, we began to like fall in love with the city. We loved the, the restaurants and the culture. We visited the art museum and just different things. We're like, this city is amazing. And everyone makes fun of it. Why do they make fun of it? This city's so cool. And we began to like really enjoy it. And, and we had just gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we were, we were standing by the water. We were looking over Lake Erie. And one of us, 
I don't remember which one said it, but one of us said, wouldn't it be cool to someday plant a church up here in Cleveland? And we were like, yeah, that would be cool. And that was about it. And so over the years, every once in a while, it would come back up and we'd talk about it a little bit. Um, but, but really, nothing really happened because I loved being here. I really enjoyed being here. Um, and then about, I don't know, uh, three years ago, I was at some meeting and a, a, a person was praying for me and they had this word where they said, uh, I feel like there was this uh, dream or this thing that God put in your heart that uh, I feel like it's time to start stepping out in that dream. I feel like it's time to start acting out on that dream that the Lord put on your heart. And immediately my mind went to planting a church in Cleveland but I thought, you know, like, uh, you know, it's kind of a generic word and it could be anything. So, Lord, if, if that is from you and it's about planning a church in Cleveland, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I want you to have three people affirm that word. And I want those three people to do it without me asking them. And I want those three people to be people who would have vested interest in me not doing it. So, so it was kind of a, like a big challenge. It's like, God, this is, has to be you. So uh, I, if it is you, this, I'm going I'm to make the stipulations kind of hard. And so I said, I want it to be my wife. And she loves this church. She had lots of friends in the neighborhood. I want the other one to be my parents. And they love having their granddaughter live close by. And they enjoy me and Laura, too. Uh, and the third was, 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 was Michael, my boss. And, and we really enjoyed working together. And, and, and so I got home from that meeting. And within a day, me and my wife were talking. And she said, do you, ever, do you ever think about planning a church in Cleveland still? And I was like, it's interesting you should say that. And so I told her about the word. And she said, oh, that's interesting. And then a couple days later, I was having lunch with my dad. We, we kind of have regular lunches. And and he said, you know, Jay, I have seen uh, something new in you. There's like this new anointing that you carry that feels like it's a lead pastor anointing. And I think it's time for you to start thinking about being a lead pastor. And I said, well, it's interesting you should say that. And so I told him about what had happened. And then uh, that Friday, me and Michael always had a Friday meeting. Um, we, me and Michael were sitting down in his office and he said, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities opening up for you in the future. And I just want to let you know that I support them and I affirm them in you. And I just want to ask that you would keep me in the loop and this, this would be just an open conversation. And I said, well, it's funny, you should say that. And so I told him about this thing that was kind of stirring up. And, and so like, discerning with Michael and with Laura and my parents and, 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 and some of you, in fact, we just really determined that I think this is from the Lord. And we had a number of things that I wish I could go into where the Lord just made it really clear, like, I want you to do this. And I'm learning now the reason he was so clear was because it gets really hard. And oftentimes I'm like, oh, God, I need to fall back on the clarity in which you spoke because today I'm not feeling it. But God made it really clear that this is what I've called you to do. 
But really, the story of God preparing my heart and, and, and calling me to Cleveland started much, much before even the word Cleveland entered my radar. See, most of you guys, a lot of you guys know my family. I grew up with amazing parents. I grew up with parents who actually founded this church, and, and they were phenomenal. They taught me about integrity and, and loving scripture, and they taught me about you know, serving people and, and worship and all these things that are like really, really vital, important parts of who I am. But like the most important thing that my parents taught me was that Jesus was not just someone we could know about, but that we could actually get to know him. That God is a knowable God. That he desires to know you and for you to know him and to have intimacy with him. And this was key, and they modeled this for me and demonstrated this in their lives and, 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 and regularly tried to introduce me to Jesus. And I remember one evening, I was a young kid, you know, around six or seven, and I was really frustrated about this because I was sitting up in my room. It was bedtime, and, and I was just like, man, I, I, I believe in God, but I don't have the same kind of relationship with them as I have with my other friends. And I, didn't really, I don't really know the language that I would have used at the time, but it was like, I remember crying out to God and saying, God, I just wanna, I wanna experience you. Like, I wanna know you in a real way. And as I was saying that prayer, that like, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old prayer, the, the atmosphere in my, in my room began to change. It began, it began to feel like a holy place. Have you ever experienced that? Like it just felt different. And then all of a sudden, I, I, still, I still get choked up when I think about it. I felt the, 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 the presence of God just surround me and just wrap around me like a warm blanket. And I never experienced that before. And I, and I sat in that presence for, for minutes. And then I ran into my parents' bedroom and I said, Mommy, Daddy, Jesus hugged me. And that moment marked my life. Like I was a different person at seven years old saying, this is what I'm all about. Like this is the best. And my, my whole life was like, all about, I want more of that. And so in my young adolescent years, I, I volunteered at the, my church and started Bible studies at, at my high school and led worship at my youth group and did all these things. But really, I just, I wanted more experience with God. I wanted to, to know him more and to, to have a deep, intimate relationship with him. And then as an adult, my life began to get really hard. Things begin to kind of fall apart and I begin to cry out and pray like, Lord, can you fix this? Can you come and intervene? And, and nothing changed. In fact, it did change, but they got worse. Like it seemed like my prayers were having like the reverse magnet effect. Like everything would get worse when I would pray for them. And I was like, okay, God, well, that's obviously not the right thing that I should be praying for. So I'm not going to ask you to fix the situations anymore. 
but can you come and give me one of those hugs? That's what I need. And it felt like nothing. It felt like my prayers were falling on deaf ears. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it felt like I was, the prayers were leaving my mouth and hitting the ceiling and then just falling to the ground. And this, you know, continued over years and I began to get really angry at God. And I, and I eventually, I left church, I left anything that looked Christian and I just became really sad and depressed. I didn't want to be a Christian anymore. I didn't doubt that God was real because I had experienced him a lot. But I began to wonder if he was good, if he cared for me, if he was trustworthy, if he was kind. And so this continued, and and I was depressed. I was turning to drugs, to alcohol, to women, to things that kind of would give me some kind of feeling like that hug, but they weren't quite that hug, but they felt similar. And one night, I was, actually it was one afternoon, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and he had a kid who is about one, and he was in the process of teaching his kid how to walk. Have you ever taught a, a kid how to walk? Um, one of the ways that you can do it is where you'll grab a toy, and you'll, you'll, you'll take like a few steps back, and you'll say, come, take a step. Come to it. And the kid will often like stumble and fall to the toy. Um, but I remember we were t- he was teaching his kid to walk, and one of the things I would always say at this time to my Christian friends was, you know, they would give me advice like, hey, if you would just get back into church, or if you would just start reading your Bible, or if you would just do this. And I remember saying, he's the adult in this situation. He knows where to find me. Like, why do I have to go to him? And this was like my, my mantra. I would say this all the time. Like, he's the adult. He knows where to find me. And I would say, my earthly father is really good. He would never treat me that way. Why would a good father withhold from a son that they love? And I was sitting there talking to my friend about this who was teaching his son to walk while he's holding a toy about three feet away And say, why would a good father withhold from a son that he loves? And you guys are probably getting it faster than I did. I'm slow. But it clicked. Something clicked inside of me. And I said, what if? What if God is teaching me how to walk? What if he's not withholding from me because he's angry or he's mean or he's not trustworthy? but he's trying to get me to learn how to take steps. And he's preparing me. And like the gears began to like go off in my head and I began to be like, whoa, like this is a paradigm change for me. And that night I went home and I said my first prayer in years. And it was something along the lines of, okay, I know you're the adult in this situation, but I'm not going to ask you to come to me anymore. I'm going to come to you. I want to go where you're going. I want to be where you are. And in that moment, the atmosphere in my room changed. And I felt that hug again. And I'll tell you what, guys, my life 
hasn't been the same since. That was, you know, 15 plus years ago. And like the rest of my life now has been dedicated to telling people about God, wanting to know them, wanting to wrap his arms around them, wanting to be in relationship with them, no matter who they are, what they've done, God loves them and he wants to, 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 to just be with them. And when people ask me, why are you starting a church? I say, that's why. The reason that I am starting a church, me and my wife leave a church that we love to, to, to move up to Cleveland is because we want every person in the world to, to, to experience this loving God that, they, that we've all been separated from. And so we have dedicated our lives so that our neighborhood in Cleveland can get to know that. That's what this church is all about. Have you ever wondered, like, why do we do this? This is weird. I have better things to do on my weekends. Like, you know, getting up, I mean, this is the Saturday evening service. You guys have a little bit of an excuse. But getting up at 9 in the morning and listening to rock music I love brunch. Like, brunch is good. Like, so for in order for me to, like, give up things that I love, it has to be compelling. And there is nothing more compelling than a loving God who is restoring and rescuing a broken world back to himself. And as I look out, like, here's the cool thing. My story is, like, one tiny strand in the tapestry of the story of, of God. This beautiful story of the kingdom. And I look out and I see all these beautiful strands. You guys have stories that God wants to weave into his story. And that's why we gather together. That's why we do this, to, to be woven into his story and into each other's story, to, to provide this beautiful tapestry, this beautiful picture of a loving God who is inviting the world to, to know him. That's a beautiful story to me. That's the beautiful story. It's the story of a God who, who, who loves the world and humanity rebelled, pushed away, turned its back, God said, I will fix this. And is actively, actively seeking out the lost. Actively, you know, coming after those who have turned their back on him, saying, I want you back. It's a story of redemption that is playing out today. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And he's inviting you. And he's inviting me. He's inviting Cleveland City Vineyard and Vineyard Church, Delaware County, to be a part of that, to join him in that. He wants to reconcile the world back to himself. And you know how he wants to do it? Do you know how he wants to uh, get the world to know about this beautiful message of reconciliation and love? Through you. Through VCDC through my church and through, through, like, the church was Jesus's idea. This isn't our idea. This was Jesus. He established his church. He said, this is, I'm going to build this church. 
And he, this is the way he wants to get his message out. There's a story. I love this. This is a great analogy of how Jesus wants to do this. But the author, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, used to tell the story about when he was a little kid. And he would sit on top of his barn and he would watch the guy who would, it was his job to go and light the, the light posts along the road. And he would take a torch and he would light one light post and he would go down the road and light the next one. He would just watch it. And one day, someone asked him, you know, you know why do you do that? Why do you watch that every night? And he said, because I love watching someone poke holes in the darkness. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into, to join in with him in poking holes in the darkness, bringing light to dark places. We get to join in with that. That's exciting. Have you ever wondered why he wants to use us? Like, I love coming up with strategy. I love strategy video games and board games, and I love strategy. And oftentimes I think, God, your strategy seems weird. Like, you want to use me? Like, wouldn't it be better if, okay, wouldn't it be better if you, like, got a big sign, or, like, rode in the sky, or, like, got all these horns and, and just said, everyone listen, here's my, wouldn't that be better? Like, why do you use us? Have you ever wondered that? One day, here, here's, here's another little story. One day I was praying for, for someone, and, uh, and I was just praying for this guy. God just was totally using me. And as any good pastor, I thought, you know, I'm pretty special. <laughs> I'm pretty good at what I know. I actually was, like, so humbled. I was praying for this person, and I felt like, wow, God, why would you, why would you work through me? Like, you could have just you know, skipped over me and just done that directly to him. Why did you use me? And I felt him so clearly say, it's because I like you. See, the reason God wants to use you and I is because he likes us. We're his kids, and he wants us to be able to share in his glory. He could hog it all to himself, but he's like, I like you guys. I want you guys to have some of the fun too. So he's calling us to partner with him, to have some of the fun with him of of reconciliation and, and, and restoration. And this is, again, this is the reason why we're up in Cleveland doing what we're doing. And, and it's been uh, hard. It's been really, really hard. And so, you know, I, I want to share with you a little bit about what's been going on since we've been up there. And... So we, we moved up there in July, July 15th and, uh, of 2020. And, and I gotta, just to be perfectly honest, I think this has maybe been the hardest year of my life uh, for a variety of reasons, but it has just been so taxing on me emotionally. And uh, God has been like ripping out things that are like, you know, one of my prayers before I left was I said, Lord, would you, like I said one of the prayers that I don't recommend saying unless you mean it. I said, Lord, would you refine me? 
Would you take anything in me that is not of you? Would you take it out? And I've been in this process over the last year of God refining me and then saying, I don't like this. Let's take this out. That's, that's pride, JT. Or that's, that's insecurity. That's not from me. And that stuff is hard. And then, like I said, planting a church in the middle of a pandemic is hard. It's hard. And so we moved up there. And I felt really clearly the Lord say, hey, uh, he gave me this picture. He's like, you're going up here. You're planting a garden, right? And so the first thing I want you to do is learn about the soil. Learn about the weather. Learn about what crops naturally grow. Because if you come up here and try to plant the same way that you've always planted, you might have some success, but it'll be a lot better if you learn like what kind of garden naturally grows here. And so obviously that was figurative, like if we weren't planning an actual garden. So I just decided until the Lord speaks to me, uh, you know, otherwise, I'm going to be a student. I'm going to learn. And if you know anything about me, that's hard because I am like a doer. I want, I want to go and get things done. I want to change and tinker and, and like say, let's, let's start something. And it was hard for me to just say, I'm going to wait. And so... I was just learning. I did. A, went to the library every day and checked out books about the air, the neighborhood. And you know, I'd be walking down the street and have conversations with people. And I'd reach out to like civic leaders and religious leaders and business leaders and just have conversations with people. And I learned a ton. And then, like you know, the neighborhood that we're in is awesome. We're in Cleveland Heights. We love it. Um, but everything has been shut down, like until relatively recently. And so I remember, like, walking down the street. I was on this walk where I was praying, and I was, I said, I was, pr- I was just complaining <laughs> to God. Um, and I was just like, uh, the good Christian word for it is, um, I was lamenting, but really I was just complaining. Uh, and I was like, God, this is not how it was supposed to be. Like, I've wanted to plant a church for so long, and this is not the way it was supposed to be. I remember saying, God, how am I supposed to build a church if I can't even have coffee with someone? How am I supposed to build a church if I can't have people over for dinner? How am I supposed to build a church if I can't gather, if I can't do this? How am I supposed to build my church, God? And I felt the the correction of the Lord saying, well, do you want to build your church or do you want me to build my church? And I said, I don't want you to build your church. <laughs> you know, I half meant it. Because there's still a part of me that I was like, but I want to do it my way. I have plans, I have dreams. But I was like, okay, I want you to build your church. And so I just chose to be obedient. And let me just say, it has been slow. It's been steady, but it's been slow, and we've just seen the provision of the Lord along the way. We started, in Easter, we started a small group in our community, and uh, we had no idea who was going to come, if anyone was going to come, and we've slowly been seeing people come around, and we've just been inviting a ton of people. We have about a dozen or so folks who like, are pretty much in, who are like, yeah, we come. 
We have a handful of people outside of that ring who maybe do. I don't know. And then we have people who come out and check us out, and we never see them again. And we reach out, and they don't respond to my texts or whatever. And that's fine. It's like That's one of the hard things about planning church. I was just talking to Bob. Where are you? I was just talking to Bob about... One of the hardest things is on a regular basis, you're having people say, like, I don't really like you. Um, and they don't say it in that way, but it's, that's kind of how you take it. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, you know, like sometimes when you work at a bigger church like this, you can be like, well, there's lots of moving parts, but there's not very many moving parts there. It's mostly just me. <laughs> so that's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. But we've seen the goodness of God. A, a, a couple months ago, there's this guy who had been coming around, and uh, he was an atheist. And he came because his family was coming, and he wanted to just not be the, the husband and father who makes his, you know, the rest of his family go to church. So he decided to come along, and, and he was coming along every week, and he was, he's, he's like got a really hard shell. And he's got a lot of anger. And I don't know if he realizes it, but a lot of that anger is towards God. Um, he's got a lot of hurt from the church. And, and I noticed there was one week where his wife and daughter didn't come, but he came. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And I noticed over the next couple weeks, he would start using a lot of we language. Like, hey, when we launch the church or when we start doing this, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, he's starting to feel like he belongs. And then one week, um, he told us he, that he had something to share with us. And he said that he had an experience much like my experience. That he experienced the presence of God for the first time while he was driving his car. And he was like, you know, he's not the type of person to get emotional, but he was getting really emotional. And this was in the middle of the group, and I had other plans, but I stopped what we were doing to just say, this is what we're, this is what we're about. And, he, and he's like, you know, like, I don't know what that was, was. And he says, like, whenever we pray hands and lay, or pray for people and lay hands, he calls it the spooky stuff. He's like, I don't know about all the spooky stuff, but, like, like I experienced God for the first time, and, like, that was really good. And so we're seeing stuff like that. There's, there's a gal who, who's been coming who um, has parents who, you know, had a father who is a pastor who um, was not a very good example of what a loving, kind father should be. And so she's got a lot of issues in the way she sees God as being angry and mean and stern. And so when we talk about the love of God, you see something like, wait, what? Like God loves me? And so we're seeing these kind of things and we're seeing like there's this thing that's like, you know, coming alive in this gal. And we're seeing these, these stories. I could go through a number of these stories of people like meeting Jesus. And I remember one night, like, we had a group and like, it was like one of our smallest groups. And like, it was, you know, I think a holiday weekend and we had like four people show up. And I was like embarrassed and depressed and, and some, like God showed up like crazy that, that evening. And I remember stopping and saying, this is why we do what we do. And I said to Laura afterwards, like if it takes, 
years. But we can keep on introducing people to the love of God. I'll do it. Like, I'm in. And so we're growing. We're getting more and more people coming. But it's slow. But we're, we're excited. And we're, we're anxious. And we're all, all over the, the gambit of and spectrum of, of how we feel about this. But, but God is doing a work. And we are super, super excited to be there. And so I want to kind of wrap up by saying this. How can you guys help me? How can you guys support me in what we're doing? And, and really, there's three things that I would ask. Um, one is that you would continue to pray for me and Laura and Olive, because for all of us, we would all say this has been hard. Um, and we are like... You know, well, there's lots of really tangible things that we would love prayer for. Like we, we would love prayer that we would find more people and connect with more people and figure out how to plan a church out of a pandemic. And um, we're looking for a space right now. Uh, that's been a challenge. And I've talked to a lot of churches in the area, and they've all said that's a huge challenge with new churches in the areas finding space. And so we've uh, we got a, a little bit of momentum on a few spots, but please pray for that because we, we really need a spot. We're, we're hoping to do an official launch uh, this fall if we can find a spot. Um, and so, yeah, pray for, pray for that. The second is uh, people. Like if you know anyone who lives in, on the east side of Cleveland, uh, connect them with us. Like, like introduce them via social media or tell me about them, give me their contact, I'll reach out to them. But if you know people, we'd love to connect with them. Um, so that, that would be a big thing. And then third is, is financially. And here's the deal. Uh, God has been blessing us financially. Like we have lots of needs. Starting a church, um, uh, there's just fi- there's, there's financial needs that come up where you're like, man, we're going to need chairs. We're going to need a sound system. We're going to need a space. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. So, so we do have a, a need for finances, even though the Lord has been really, really kind and generous with us. But here's what I would ask, is that if you are not giving here, that you would give here first. And then if there is money outside of that, that, that you feel like the Lord is saying, hey, I want you to do something with that, that maybe you could pray, consider, like, uh, and only if you feel like the Lord is telling you. If you, don't, if you don't feel like the Lord is telling you to give money to us, there's lots of people who, who could use your money. So, uh, but we, we, would, we would love for you to be praying for us, sending people our way, and if you feel the Lord compel you, that you would, you, you would help us out financially. And you can check out what we're doing uh, on our website, it's a clevelandcityvineyard.org. Uh, there's a place for you to give there if you feel compelled. Um, you can give one time or you can sign up for, for ongoing giving. And I just want to say there are a handful of people here at this church who are giving. And it, it is like blesses us so much because there are financial needs that we have. But here's, you know, if the band wants to come up, here's how, how I, I just felt like the Lord wanted us to wrap up. Um, when, when, when we talk about, you know, our family moving from, from a home that we love and a church that we love to a brand new city, a lot of people will be like, man, that must have been really hard. 
And like, man, how could you, that must have taken a lot of courage to do that. And, and, and the truth is, is it was hard. But you know what's even harder? It's like doing the stuff that God has called us to do like on a, on a daily basis. Like moving to a new city was actually kind of exciting. There was like, you know, energy and excitement that was going along with that. But what's hard is like being like, I gotta, I gotta get to know my neighbor and be kind to that person and, and invite them to my church. And it's this, what's hard for me is probably the same things that are hard for you. And so I feel like the Lord is inviting us in this moment to, to just say yes to him. Oftentimes when we think about what God is calling us to do, we think about these big, enormous things. And, and, and for most, most of us, and most of my life, it's not big, enormous things. It's, it's small yeses. And so I feel like the Lord wants us to take this time where we can just say, Lord, you have our yes. We give you our yes. And what are you, what are you asking us to do? And so why don't we do this? We're going we're gonna to end with a time of worship. So why don't we stand? And, uh, you know, as we worship, I, I know that if, there, if anyone is hearing from the Lord, you can come to Andrew. And uh, if you feel like it's for the group, you can kind of share it with Andrew. But why don't we just take a time to, to, to worship the Lord and just say, Lord, we, we love you. We love that you are a loving God. And we want to connect with you. Because here's the, here's the reality is I believe when Scripture tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. One of the primary ways we can have connection with him is through what we're about to do, is through worship. I think this is one of the primary ways that we can really connect with this loving God. So would you join me as we, as we worship? Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.